Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. one verse. I'll let you be seated. Thank you for standing. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 2, we're going to go old school here this morning, so I hope you brought your Bible, your tablet, or your phone, your reader, whatever you have your Bible on with you this morning. The book of Acts chapter 2 verse number 42 says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. It's a short verse, so let's read it again because I want I wanted to. I want to have some meaning this morning. I don't want to just read it to have a scripture text to read. It says, and they continued. What are they continuing from? They're continuing from an experience that just happened to them earlier in the chapter. After the ascension of Jesus Christ, 120 people went to an upper room. And they waited there for the promise of the Father that Jesus had told them about. Because he said, if I go not away, the the, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, will not come unto you. So they go into a room. You know the story. This is our apostolic foundation this morning. They go to a room where that they pray. And they pray until something happens. A mighty wind blows. I'm giving you the Reader's Digest version. A mighty wind blows. The Holy Ghost falls on them. They speak in tongues that they've never spoken before. And they leave there changed. So from that experience, the Bible says, and they, that's those that were just filled with the Holy Ghost, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. You may be seated. Lord bless you. Give honor to my bishop this morning. Appreciate him, his steadfastness. Brother Terry, he's, a, he's, he's the same as he was the day I met him. <clears throat> and I appreciate that. Give honor to my pastor this morning. I know he's not here, but I also know in not too many days from now he'll be listening to this. And I want him to know publicly that I love and appreciate him. I do not covet what he does. I do not envy his position at all. I love what I do. I don't desire anything else, so I am thankful for him. Amen. And uh, love and appreciate him and his family. We, we teach and we preach by inspiration or by observation. Those are the two components 
that we come to this pulpit by. Both can be equally powerful and impactful for our lives. Today I am coming to you ready to admit that it is a combination of both inspiration and observation. I have been inspired by things that I have observed. And both my observations and inspirations have led me to this pulpit this morning, to this opportunity. I, I want to teach for a little while this morning on this topic. What is the purpose? It's question. What is the purpose of the church? I find it important. I, I don't want to, to kick off this, this lesson this morning on a negative tone. One of these days, I am hoping I can come to this pulpit and just preach everybody happy. You'll run the aisles and shout, Bobby pins will fly like missiles, and everybody will leave happy. But my, that's not my assignment this morning. I find that this topic must be of vital importance whenever I survey the crowd. If I survey, and I know there's people this morning, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, and there's people that I'm not. And this, this lesson this morning, and I say this with all love and sincerity, this lesson would probably be out of place if it was a Wednesday night. Because my observation tells me when I survey our crowd at this local assembly, and we don't have any visitors this morning, so I'm speaking to us as a home church. When I survey our congregation, I see that we have a decent crowd on Sunday morning. We have a lesser and different crowd in, in number on Sunday evening. And then normally speaking, we have an even lesser and different crowd on Wednesday. So other than seeing a few of the same faces, it's almost as if we have three different churches. And we have a church that is built for the Sunday morning folks. We have another one that's built for the PM folks. And another one that's good for the midweek folks. In our society, the topic of church has become something that is something people do when they have time. Something people commit to do when it works for them. Something that is optional. I work with a number of people that claim themselves, and I do not say this judgmentally, but I do say it carefully according to the word of God. They claim themselves to be Christian, but whether or not they attend church depends on their schedule. Many people understand that Christians are supposed to go to church. One question is, do they? And there is survey after survey after survey across the United States that tells us that they don't. 
So I ask you a question this morning. I'm going to ask some, some thought-provoking, tough questions because I don't want to provoke you to anger today, but I do want to provoke you to be better. Because our purpose in coming to church is not just to have Bishop pat us on the back and tell us how good we are and we all leave feeling all warm and fuzzy. Our purpose is to get from point A to point B. Our purpose is to get from this world to that world. And I need some course correction every once in a while in my life that if I don't have it, I will not make it to that life. Oh, it's tough this morning, but I feel the Holy Ghost. So the question is, why do we go to church? I'm sure some of you have asked yourself that. Why? Why do we go to church? Why do we have services the way that we do? Why is the church involved in the community? Why do we need a pastor? Why is attendance to church of value? We can find in the word of God that the purpose of the church is the following. Teaching Bible doctrine. Providing a place of worship for believers. It's for fellowship. It's for discipleship. It's for prayer. It's for the sense of community a place of belonging. There are several reasons why God established the church. The book of Hebrews, and since our, our media isn't working this morning, I would ask you to turn there with me today. The book of Hebrews, chapter number 10. Hebrews 10 and 21 says, And having... And high priest over the house of God. There is a high priest in charge of us this morning. His name is Jesus. And he is here to perform priestly duties in your life. Everyday life can drain you of your joy. Coming to church can restore it. I cannot count the number of times that I have, Brother Gregory, that I have not wanted to come to church. And I have forced myself. Now, I'm not talking 30 years ago as, as a child. I'm talking as an adult right now. There are times, full disclosure this morning, I don't want to be here. And Bishop, it's not because of the church. It's not because of pastor. It's not because of you. It's not because of you out there. It's because this old flesh gets in the way sometimes and tries to tell me that going to church is not necessary. Now that might be a little bit of a shock for some of you because I believe that there is this divide of understanding that some people think that everybody you see up here that we just live and die on the opportunity to be in church and that couldn't be further from the truth. There are times I don't want to come to church any more than you do. 
But let me tell you why I force myself to come. Because when I get in this great house, there is a high priest that is here waiting for me. And he's here waiting to restore my joy that I lost since the last time I was in the house of God. Everyday life can wear you down. Coming to church can revive you. Life has a way of making me weary. Church will bring new strength. Coming to church, attendance alone will not save you. Attendance alone will not bring your joy back. But if you can come to church and lift your hands in a worship song, if you can come to church and shout amen during a preaching service, then there's something in the spirit of Almighty God that takes place in this house that tells me that everything is going to be all right. could see it. Let me tell you the reason why some of us are struggling with victory so bad is because we want a faithful God and we don't want to be faithful to Him. It's difficult. If your mind, if you are not... I have to stop and ask you a question this morning. It's a tough one. I'm provoking you not to anger. I'm provoking you to think because I want us to be better. We need to grow as Christians. But we need to ask ourselves this morning, why am I here? Why am I in this house sitting on this pew right now? Why? Because let me tell you something. If the only reason you're here is to check mark a social box that says, I went to church on a Sunday morning, I'm a good Christian, then you're not going to receive anything from God while you're here. Because you are not in a frame of mind to worship. And the more services you miss, the easier it is to just check mark a box and say, I went to church. That can be said of you, that can be said of bishop, that can be said of pastor, that can be said of me. If we are not consistent in our coming to church, then church starts to lose its value. When I go through seasons of work, there's a few here this morning that will understand this. When I go through seasons of work that take me out of church, Brother Terry, it doesn't matter how justifiable it is. I'm still not here. What happens? It becomes easier to entertain the idea. Huh, maybe I don't need to go. I haven't been to church in two weeks and I haven't sinned yet. When did coming to church stop you from sinning to begin with? It doesn't. Let me carry on. Verse number 22. I'm supposed to be teaching this morning. 
Verse number 22, continuing on in Hebrews chapter 10. says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So when we go to church, we draw near to God with a sincere heart and He cleanses us from guilt and sin. Not just because we're here, but because we have an opportunity while we're here to say, Oh God, create in me a clean heart. It's prayer. It's worship. It's commitment to Him. Verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a verse that is much larger than the few words that it reads. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. You could stop right there. But then he says, without wavering. Well, what, what's wavering? Let, let me explain wavering to you this morning. Wavering is, and we've all seen it, some have experienced it, everybody should understand this. Wavering is when you on fire, God's great, hell's hot, heaven's sweet. I want to go to heaven, I want to do whatever I can for the church, so you're doing anything you can do. Whether it's singing in the choir when we had one, helping in Sunday school, whatever. And then six weeks later, the world's attractive, heaven's not near as sweet, and hell's not near as hot. So maybe it's not necessary after all. And then another six or 12 weeks goes by and you get a little, little uh, uh, hell scared, a little rapture weary, and think, oh, maybe I need to go back to church. And it's up and it's down. It's up and it's down. I, I, rode, a, I rode a ferry to, a, to an island off the coast of Mexico not too long ago, and, and I really didn't enjoy it much. It was probably the most miserable piece of transportation I've had anywhere I've been in the world. And Bishop, it's only because the waves was taking that boat up and down. Up and down. And there were times I think it was going up and down from the front to the back and up and down from the side to the side all at the same time. I didn't like it, Brother Josh. I thought, my God, this thing's going to tip over right here. I wasn't happy. My family knew I wasn't happy. I closed my eyes and prayed just a little bit because I thought me and my maker was going to start talking to each other real soon. I wasn't happy about it because it was up and it's down. What's that mean? When it's up and when it's down, you know what you lack? You lack consistency. God's not even asking for you to be up here all the time. But he's not expecting you to be down here all the time. He wants us to find somewhere that we can ride and say, all right, I'm just going to be consistent. As a matter of fact, it's easier. It's easier to deal with someone who consistently doesn't come to church as opposed to someone who comes every so often. 
Because when you come, let me tell you something, and, and I say this, man, I say this with as much love and compassion as I can. But if Sunday morning is the only service you ever come to this church, let me tell you what you're in danger of. You're in danger of being lost and not knowing it. Because you've got just enough church to make you feel the Holy Ghost and such a lack of the Word of God that you won't know how to live it out there. It's dangerous. My Lord, I feel like the Grim Reaper this morning. Verse 24, I'll go on. And let us consider one another to provoke into love and to good works. That's exactly what I'm trying to do this morning. We provoke to love and to good works. Bishop's quoted it. He's preached it. Years. Verse 25 of Hebrews 10, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. To look at the what and the why of church truthfully, we must ask ourselves some tough questions, some thought-provoking questions. Why do you go to church? Why are you here right now? We've asked that already. What do you think, here, here's a big one, what do you think would happen if we never came together to worship God. Say it again, Bishop. We'd all be backslid. Can, can we agree to that this morning? If we never came to church, church wouldn't be in us. Because church is more than just the building structure. It's the body. Let's take it a step deeper. We're, I feel like I'm peeling layers of an onion back this morning. So let's, let's peel another layer off and go a little deeper here. What do you think would happen if everyone around you mirrored your measure of faithfulness? If you're happy with your walk with God and you're happy with how you come to church and entertain the presence of God, if everyone did the same thing, what would it look like? All right, let's peel another layer off. What would happen if every time you missed, I missed? Is that acceptable? You have to think about it for a second because you expect me to be parked right back here. We'll peel another layer off. What would happen if every time you missed, Bishop missed? It's deep. What would happen if every time you missed, pastor missed? I've got a point in all this. It's about more than just attendance, but the church is only so as good as the people who make it. And let me be 
fully transparent with you this morning. It doesn't matter how much potential this church has. Our potential is great, but our potential is useless if we don't do anything with it. Pastor's not here this morning, so I can talk about it. I know he'll hear it later, but he won't be facing you as he's listening to it. Preached conference last week. I know some of you watched it because I was on live and I saw your name pop up. And I know some of you know that he threw it down. And he did an amazing job. It's still on Facebook. You can still watch it if you haven't watched it. And if you're on Facebook, I, I, I fully recommend you watch it. It was a blessing to listen to. I walked away. I texted him afterwards and uh, said, I, I am extremely proud to call you pastor and family. I get that privilege. Some of you don't. But, uh, but pastor, definitely very proud that he represented this church in Mount Carmel at General Conference. <clears throat> let, me, let me say it this way this morning. No one's asked me to do this, and, and I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to teach the word of the Lord this morning. But in business and in sports, any, any type of business, let me tell you, tell you what happens. When you have a team or a group of people that refuse or have a lack of performance, if you have a group of people that just don't get it or aren't getting it done, who do you think is the first to go? In sports, it's the coach. As a I was about to say it, and I got all choked up, Brother Malone. As a Chicago Bears fan, <coughs> I'm still choked up over it, who <coughs> does not like the fact that we had Jay Cutler for a quarterback before Cutler was ever released, who went first? Several coaches. Even though the coach was not necessarily the problem. In business, in, in the area where I operate, if my team, Bishop, doesn't perform, guess who's going to be the first to go? It's me. Now, if we bring that to the church, it's not much different. I'm very burdened by this this morning because I, I am afraid that we have gone to sleep. And I have come to this pulpit this morning with a burden to try to wake up this congregation by the word and the help of God to understand that what we have is God-ordained. We have got leadership that is nationally recognized. We have got a pastor that is worth so much that any available church in our organization in the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ would be blessed to have him. I know 
Not of details, but I know enough about this topic and I know enough about what people think of him to know that in churches from the East Coast to the West Coast, that if he were not here, <coughs> he could land just about anywhere he wanted. Now since he's not here this morning, you know I'm not saying these things just to puff him up. And the, the genuine measure of what someone says complimentary about you is whenever they can say it with you not here. So I'm telling you this morning that we have got a God-ordained pastor. But if we don't wake up, and if we don't understand that church life is God life, I am a Christian first, business executive second. Brother Freddie is a Christian first, a business owner, body shop man, painter, fixer of all things bumper to bumper, second. His identity is not a body man. His identity in the eyes of God is that he's a God man. The other is just the occupation that God has blessed him with, the talent to be able to do to sustain his family and support the work of God. That's the will of God. So, I'm going to peel back another layer here. To those who routinely miss worship opportunities, matters not what opportunity. If, you're, if you just routinely miss. I'm not preaching at you this morning, I'm preaching for you. I'm trying to reach for you. But let me ask you a very thought-provoking question this morning. It's the toughest one yet. Let me ask you. Why do you think your time's more valuable than mine? I've got plenty to do too. I've got yards that need mowed, houses that need taken care of, cars that need taken care of. I've got a job to do. I've got a job that demands 60 plus hours a week. I've got a second job on top of that. Then I've got this one. I'm not belly aching this morning. I'm just telling you, you're not the only one busy. And I'm, I'm certainly not advocating this morning that, that you just come here and just check mark a box. Just to say you've been here. What I'm saying, the crux of what I'm saying today is we cannot develop a relationship with God on a hit and miss basis. It's impossible. If you go to your doctor and say, Doctor, my sugar's high. I can't do anything with it. And the doctor says, Well, 
Mr. McGee, I'm going to give you a prescription for some, uh, some shots, and you're going to take some insulin, and you're going to take it X number of times a day, and then you're going to watch your diet, and, and you're, you're, going, you're going to live long because you're going to follow these instructions. And then he leaves, and he eats ice cream and cake four times a day. And he skips his insulin because he doesn't want to take it. Now, I'm not preaching at diabetics this morning. I'm just making an example. But if he leaves and he does not listen to the instructions, my Lord. <clears throat> if he does not listen to the instructions of his doctor, he cannot blame his doctor for the reason why he can't control his health. I've come to tell you this morning that if, if, if you don't listen to God, if you don't build a relationship with Him that follows with obedience, then you're not going to have a relationship. Because when He gives instructions, they're not suggestions. They're instructions. You can't blame him for the reason why things aren't right. All I'm trying to do this morning is hold up a mirror. What is the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church is several things. But we do not have a church if we do not come to it. It's that simple. There is a decline of the North American church attendance that has been going on for many years. Less than 20% of Americans regularly attend church. <clears throat> Established churches are declining. Not every church is declining, but this is not just a Mount Carmel issue. This is one of the most staggering statistics that I've read that says up to 10,000 churches, up to, close per year. There is, we have now approached a threshold where there is nearly a greater need for missionaries in America than there is on foreign soil. Because Americans believe in our own arrogance that we can be a Christian but never entertain Christ. Christianity has become a label. And if we are not careful, we will fall asleep. And that same label will come into the first apostolic church. And we will be, we will be de deceived, thinking we're right. Because I attend church uh, pretty well. And it's more than just attendance. 
I'm starting this lesson, and I may continue next week and hopefully be a bit more positive with it, but I'm starting this with attendance simply because the blessings and the benefits of having a church to go to are immaterial if we cannot go to the church. Next week I want to, with the help of the Lord, teach on the blessings of having a church. But I've got to first establish the reason why we need to come to one before we can ever experience the blessings. church in the book of Acts was very different from us. And we are supposed to be mirrored after them. The book of Acts church saw signs, wonders, and miracles regularly. They had to be there to see it. Had prayer meetings where the entire building shook. They gave freely to each other to help meet the needs of the church. They established friendships that reached outside the church walls and they connected people with life-changing experiences. Many churches today do not teach and preach about the Holy Ghost. But this one does. As a result, people don't attend church because they feel like they aren't any better for having attended. Let me tell you something. And I say this with all sincerity this morning. Uh, with every, every pound and fiber of my, my being, you, you cannot truthfully leave this church and tell people that you wasn't any better for having attended. Because the caliber, and I'm not talking about me this morning, but the caliber of the Word of God that you hear on a regular, routine basis is enough to save the masses. But here's the trick. Here's the key. When people visit our church, they come to experience the power of God. They come to check us Pentecostals out. What is this about? I think they're crazy, but I'm going to go look at it anyway. They come to inspect. But I ask you a question this morning. When they get here, what do they see? Lord, help me today. I'm not trying to be judgmental or critical. But we've got to be truthful with ourselves. We are not See, I know pastor's going to listen to this. I'm trying not to get in trouble. We are not demonstrating apostolic authority. Bishop, we're not the church we used to be. I've seen people, Bishop talked about it the other night. I've seen people in this church, the body, maybe not this building, but the body of this church receive the Holy Ghost in worship at their pew without anybody screaming in their, in their ear, telling them what to do. The power of God just fell. 
We've seen people healed in this church. We've had people come through prayer lines that had pre-cancer cells, go to the doctor the next day, no cancer. We've seen the power of God move in this church. We see less and less and less. Stay, well, just walk with me here for a minute. We see less and less of the power of God in this church. And I'm disturbed by that this morning because that's not a God problem. That's an us problem. And if I could be transparent with you with my concern this morning, my concern is coach going to get it kicked off the team. And without a pastor, we're just meandering around in the wilderness trying to find our way. And without the presence of God, I dare say this morning that Ichabod be written on the door. For the glory of God is departed. Now that's all black cloud gloom and doom, but it's still true this morning. But let me tell you a little bit of hope today. It doesn't have to be that way. The only, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. The only thing that separates us from apostolic authority this morning is us. The only thing that separates us from laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover is us. Stand with me this morning. I am not good enough on my own. I'm sorry if you think you are, but you're not. I am not good enough on my own. I am not hardwired to think correctly. I am not that good of a person without God. And I still struggle with Him. How can we dare declare that we're all right the way we are? It's a mistake. I close with this this morning. I've told you several times this morning that attendance alone is not the issue. Because you can attend church for 10, 15 years and if you're still the same today as you were then, that's likewise not a God problem. That's an us problem. Because he's writing the prescription. He's saying, repent. Valid for eternity. He writes another one and says, be baptized in Jesus' name. It's valid. He's saying, receive the Holy Ghost. He's saying, live a godly life. But if we don't listen, it's not a God problem. So I ask you this morning, in your life, what's the purpose of the church? 
Is it just a social club? Is it just a place to come and say, whew, I feel better now. I've saved my conscience enough to think I've went to church this week. I've tried to say everything I've said this morning with sincerity and humility. I love this church. I'm burdened today simply because we have fallen asleep to the point that we are on a continual spiral downward. Spiritually. And I'm afraid we don't even recognize it. The purpose of the church, if you, you, you look at it, you look at it, and maybe I'll bring it up next week, but you look at it in New Testament scripture. Everywhere there was a church, they grew. And in just a verse or two prior to our scripture text this morning, in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, and he added unto them 3,000 souls. Now, I know harvest is ripe. I know they didn't even have a church, so it was probably easier to get three or 5,000. Boom, just like that. I get that. But we should still be adding, not subtracting. not Mount Carmel's fault. And yes, I know that we have an adversary that fights against us. But the condition of this church right now is not the devil's fault. Don't give him that much credit. He, 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 he can't do this. Ladies and gentlemen, the first apostolic church this morning, I tell you with all sincerity, and I may never preach behind this pulpit again. But I'm telling you today, the condition of our church right now is a people problem. It's not a ministry problem. I said it's not a ministry problem. Y'all going to love hearing Bishop, Brother Zach, and Brother James coming up. It's not a ministry problem. It's an obedience problem. It's a rebellion issue. And when, Brother Freddie, when I don't come to church for an extended period of time, and then when I come back, it's a little more difficult to tap into my worship. Because I feel like I'm a thousand miles behind everyone. So I'm referring one more time respectfully to those who routinely miss church but come to uh, a service. Maybe it's Sunday morning. That's our biggest one. And I'm telling you this morning with all due respect, you'll never get into a worship mindset because every time you miss makes it easier for you to just come and observe. I'm going to ask Bishop to come and pray over us this morning. And as he's coming, I want to ask you, if you would, to just bow your head, close your eyes, and hear what the Lord would say through Bishop as he prays this morning. Thank you, Jesus. God help us today. Thank you for listening. 
If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.